The last line of the introit today really sets the stage for both the epistle and the gospel. Blake basically says, Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord. For indeed, it is about the law of the Lord. It is about sin and grace, justice and mercy, and everything our Lord demands of us. For he is that great king that forgives our sins and asks us to forgive one another as well. All too often we focus on the mercy of God, which is a good and beautiful thing, but we fail to acknowledge also his justice. For look what happened. He forgave this, this servant who owed him a huge debt. And yet, this servant failed to forgive a very small debt. So in justice, our Lord turned this grave sinner over to the torturers to be basically cast into the outer darkness where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. Forgiveness is important. But the other half of our Lord's command in dealing with forgiveness is just as important. For he always says, Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. He does not say, Your sins are forgiven. Go and have fun. Go do whatever you want. For sin matters. Sin is important. If you ever doubt that, look at the crucifix and see what sin has done to our Lord. It's not something to be taken lightly or played with. There's an old humorous story that really speaks well to this. Good old Boudreaux was walking through the marsh one fine morning, beautiful morning just like today. And as he's walking through the marsh, he hears a small voice calling for help. So he goes and finds the voice. It's coming from a cottonmouth, a poisonous snake that is caught in a cage. And the snake is so grateful to see Boudreaux. He says, oh, thank you, kind sir, for coming to, and hearing my voice and coming to help me. Please let me out. Boudreaux's like, no way. You're a poisonous snake. I let you out. You're going to bite me. And he's like, no, please, sir, I promise I won't bite you. I just want to go home. So Boudreaux, foolishly but kind-heartedly, opens the cage, lets the snake out. Once the snake's out, immediately turns around and bites Boudreaux. And Boudreaux says, like, but, you, but you promised. And the snake laughs at him and goes, you fool. You knew what I was before you let me out of the cage. That's sin. For we get bit by that venomous serpent, that serpent from hell, because sin is poison to the soul. The level of venom depends on the level of sin. You know, there was one of those dreams of St. Don Bosco, 
where he saw children jumping over this pit with a snake trying to bite them as it went over. It's another good analogy. You play with sin, you get bit. Remember the Israelites in the desert complaining against God, sinning against him. And what happens? Seraph serpents are sent among them to bite them, and many die. Venom and sin go together. Avoiding sin is the key. Yes, we are all sinners, and we are all in need of God's mercy. But we also need to remember that in his justice, we will account for every single sin in, in secret or in public. It's not to be taken lightly. Our Lord will demand a full accounting from each of us as our King and Liege Lord. And woe to us if we have not done our very best to avoid sin. If we accept sin, if we willingly and knowingly live in sin, if we do not stand firm publicly and privately against sin, for indeed, as it says, we are our brother's keeper. And if we do not condemn our own sin and sin as a whole, we will be held liable Silence is complicity. Or as we say in debate, omission is admission. When we see that serpent sink its fangs into someone and do nothing to warn them, we are liable. And like that unjust, unholy servant, we will hear, you wicked servant. But our God gives us all the tools we need to serve in mercy and in justice. He's given us the sacraments. He's given us the church. He's given us the deposit of faith. He's given us the tradition. All we need for salvation is contained in those things. And St. Paul writing so beautifully today from Ephesians chapter 6, tells us about that armor of God, that, th that armor that makes us not invincible, but resistant to the wiles of the evil one. For anyone can fall into sin at any time. But when we fully wear that armor of God, we can go into battle. And yes, we will have scars. We will have wounds. We will have, like I said, scars to prove it. However, those fiery darts will be quenched by the shield of faith, the breastplate of justice, and the, sho the shoes, the boots of peace proclaiming the gospel. When we hold those things, the serpent dare not stand. When we go before the serpent in battle, armed with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, he flees and runs, for he is the ultimate coward. He's a bully. What do you do with the bully? You punch him in the nose. 
and they usually take off after a good punch to come back at a more opportune time. But in God's mercy and justice, we have all we need. Take up that most important thing in our day and age, the shield of faith. Because the evil one is shooting his fiery darts left and right. And many are falling. As it says in the Psalms, thousands at your right hand, ten thousand at your left, or maybe it's the other way around. But we are in the midst of a war, of a spiritual battle. And just as in physical battle there are casualties, there are casualties beyond reckoning in our modernist world and church. Because the shield of faith is not being given to the faithful by the clergy. It is not being properly taught. They, do not, they are not being given the armor. Most of our brothers and sisters do not know the Word of God, the Scriptures. Most of them don't know what their faith is. So how can they have the breastplate of righteousness? How can they have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? How can they have the shield, which is, which is faith, when they have none? When you get right down to it. Look at the people that our world calls Catholic. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi. These are the people that are being called Catholic. Well, folks like you and I are called all kinds of evil things. The devil is stripping Christians of their armor so they may be easy prey for his venom of sin. That venom he has been pouring out on mankind since the Garden of Eden. That venom of damnation. Christians today must relearn their faith must relearn the Word of God, must learn what is the deposit of faith. For it's only by the faithfulness to these things we obtain the necessary graces for salvation. One cannot, cannot be saved by just by calling themselves Catholic. Our Lord is not stupid. He knows what he has taught. He knows what we need better than we ourselves. So why are we in the middle of yet another pointless argument in the church over what is the church? What is communion? What is cooperation? You know, participation? Why are they discussing these things? It's already settled. It's in the deposit of faith. These things have been dogmatically defined. Why are they discussing them? Because they are creating a new church. A church of man. A church based on the values of the world. A church without, sac without real sacraments. A church without Jesus Christ. That is exactly what is happening. We must hold our shield of faith because the, even the elect may be deceived. 
And boy, some of the folks I've seen falling into the nonsense going on around us is shocking to me. What we see going on with this whole synod is a rejection of Christ. It is a rejection of his vision. It is a rejection of God himself. And the devil is dancing with joy. I'm not going to get into all the prophecies that are being fulfilled in our very midst by this stuff. You know them as well as I. But it's more important now than ever to wear that breastplate of righteousness, of justice. And I mean real justice, not the communist social justice warriors, cancel culture, all that stuff. That is not justice. It doesn't even seek justice. It's merely a demonic form of vengeance, a demonic form of hatred. And what we see being poured out from our leadership in the church, from cardinals, bishops, the Pope, is the very venom of the devil leading souls to damnation. Because they know better. They have let the serpent out of the cage. They made a deal with the serpent. You're not going to bite me until I die. But take as many of these sheep as you want. That's exactly what is happening. By rejecting the deposit of faith, by rejecting the tradition, by rejecting the scriptures, they have indeed rejected Christ. Have your eyes open, your ears open. For in the coming weeks, you will hear things that will shake you to your very core coming from these synods. There are things already happening. Yesterday there was a news article about a woman here in New Mexico that was ordained a priest. Not by Archbishop Wester. Uh, even he won't go that far yet. But when questioned the diocese, he said nothing to say about it. There are stories coming out from the USCCB about transgender folks getting into seminaries, religious orders with fake uh, sacramental records. The church has been infiltrated by the smoke of Satan. And now not just by the smoke, but by the very presence of the beast himself. We are indeed seeing things prophesied. And if we are not in the run-up to the Antichrist, this is the dress rehearsal from hell. So again, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the foe. Take up the Gospel. Take up all the arms that our Lord has given us. And indeed, stay close to the sacraments. Be faithful to prayer. For God will give us the marching orders. For the war is on. The battle is on. The battle for the soul of the church. The battle for souls, period. 
starting with our own. Are we ready for what we are called to do? Are we ready to stand and be hated, to be spurned? Are we willing to give all for him who gave all for us? These are the questions we must ask. All the meanwhile, praying for these enemies of ours, the enemies of Holy Mother Church, the enemies of Jesus Christ himself. For we do not will their damnation. We want them to, be, to repent and be saved as well. It's going to take a lot of prayer and a lot of sacrifice. Because many of these people don't even believe in sin. I mean, we hear it all the time. You know, we have a reasonable hope all men are saved. No, we don't. To believe that's to call Jesus Christ a liar. And again, to reject the scripture, the deposit of faith, the magisterium, and the tradition. Sin is real. Hell is real. And if all the saints and mystics and our Lord himself are to be believed, the number of the damned will be great. For our Lord even told us, wide is the path that leads to destruction, and there are many who find it. Narrow is the way to salvation, and few there are who find it. And to be part of that few, we know what we have to do. Hold fast to all we know to be true. Hold fast to the love of Jesus Christ. Hold fast to the sacraments. Hold fast to the deposit of faith, the tradition, the scriptures, the magisterium. For apart from these, we, like Boudreaux, will find ourselves bitten and that poison racing through our veins. Be aware, be alert, avoid sin and cling to the saving power, the saving truth that is found only through Jesus Christ and His mercy, justice, goodness, and truth.